Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about the 2008 film Punisher Warzone. So they did a soft reboot. Well, actually, it's kind of a hard reboot, I guess. Four years after the original Punisher movie, which I just reviewed in a previous podcast, it got a 4K Steelbook release recently and an upgrade to its original 4K, and it looked pretty good, actually. And so I was thinking this whole time, well, you know, I'm very familiar with the John Barenthal series. It was on Netflix, which has now moved to Disney+. Plus. Um, I need to revisit the second Punisher movie. I remembered it fondly. You know, I remember liking it, but I honestly couldn't tell you much about it other than I remembered it was closer to the comic in tone than even the first movie was. Well, the short version of my review is if you like the first one, you should watch this one. It's as good. I can't say it's better. I can't say it's worse. In some ways, it is better. In some ways, it's not quite as good. We'll get into it. But if you've never seen it, it's worth watching. So it took him a long time to get off the ground uh, making the sequel. Thomas Jane was going to return. The same director, Jonathan Liebesman, was going to return. Um, and it took him a while to get the script ready, um, you know, the first Iron Man was already out there, so Marvel was beginning to start doing its its thing. And it just didn't come together in time. And eventually the director and the stars left, and they were Lionsgate was left with the rights that they were about to lose. Um, they needed to kind of reboot it, I guess. So they hired Ray Stevenson, who is not a bad Frank Castle. He's actually pretty good in the role. Everybody in the movie is pretty good. Uh, Dominic Miller is the bad guy. Um, Doug Hutchinson from the X-Files plays a bad guy. He's one of the best crazy people that you'll ever see on film. And he didn't make too many movies after being that weird character on the X-Files for a couple episodes. Um, and Julie Benz is in this. Didn't didn't have a whole lot of scenes. I like her. Uh, I remember her from Dexter and several movies she's been in. She plays a brunette in this movie. But she has one of the more complete character arcs of the film. Ray Stevenson's Frank Castle doesn't speak for the first 30 minutes of the film. Doesn't say a word. The opening 20 minutes is nonstop action, and it is so over-the-top violence. When I started watching it, it was like, oh, man, this is going to be – this." I thought this was good. I think this is going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, the, the violence was, was so over-the-top um, and so heavily edited um, – Ray did good. He, he they, There's some extras on here where he did a lot of training with SEALs and stuff to, to use the weapons and change out and the martial arts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's the first opening scene where he pops into this dinner party and basically kills everybody at the party. Um, is so heavily edited. It's just, he blows people's faces off. He blows people's heads off. He throws knives into their foreheads. I mean, it is just what, I think they kill more people in the opening scene than they killed in the entire first Punisher movie. Now, like I said, you're having a different director, you have a different star, and you got a different vibe going in the movie. In some ways, though, it felt more like the Punisher comic than the original movie. I like Thomas Jane's version, but I don't think Thomas Jane was a great, choice 
even at the time, I thought, well, he did a good job, you know, even with the dye hair job. And Ray Stevenson, not the perfect choice, but he did a good job. Then they found John Barenthal for the series. And no matter what you think of the series, I think it was pretty good. He is an incredible Punisher. He is the Punisher from the comics. Marvel has done an amazing job through their movies and TV shows on their casting. I, I would say they're about 90 95% even better uh, with just nailing people to play the right characters. Yes, they changed Tony Stark a little bit from the comics, but, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s made, that's him. I mean, nobody else could play Tony Stark. Um, and once we got John Barenthal in the Punisher role, this is why I think those Marvel shows from Netflix have been brought into Disney+. Plus. We've already brought um, the Daredevil that version, Charlie Cox's version, into the latest Spider-Man film. Sorry if that's spoilers, but it's the biggest box office movie the last couple of years. You should have seen it by now. Um, so we already know that they're making some of that Netflix stuff canon. Why would you not bring John Barenthal in to be Punisher? Oh, one thing I almost forgot. At the very beginning of the film, instead of getting the normal Marvel logo, like I said, this is a Lionsgate film in the early days of the Marvel Universe, uh, so it's unrelated to the MCU at the time. But Marvel was consulted on it, and this is one of the only early Marvel movies I didn't see Kevin Feige's name on it. Maybe I just missed it, but I didn't see him listed anywhere. Um, but they've got a really cool Marvel Knights logo that shows Blade and some of their other R-rated characters, and it's black and white, and it's it's actually, I hope they bring that back. Um, with Blade and with the Netflix shows coming to Disney+, Plus, if you didn't hear this week, Disney+, Plus debuted um, parental controls so that if your kids watch Disney+, Plus, you can block out the R-rated stuff from them. They are now going to be carrying R-rated stuff on Disney+. That's incredible. And it's Marvel. <laughs> I think that's even better. Um, so anyway, I'm sure that's all preparing for. And they've said, Kevin Feige said more than once, that the Blade and the new movies that are coming will be part of a Marvel Knights kind of thing. So I really enjoyed that logo at the beginning. That was cool. So I don't want to get into spoilers in any of my reviews unless it is specifically a spoiler review. This plays out like a standard kind of revenge movie. In the opening scene, he accidentally kills a good guy, and he's kind of repentant about it. And so that's that's his character arc throughout the entire movie while he's trying to dish out punishment and justice. Um, I like all the characters that were in the movie. I thought everybody did a great job. Lexi Alexander, this is one of her only movie credits. Matter of fact, it's interesting. I've mentioned this on previous podcasts. When you have a big property, why do you hire somebody who's unproven? I, she had done uh, some TV and some foreign movies before this. She made this, another movie. She's directed a few TV episodes uh, in the CW uh, DC universe. And that's about all of her, her directing credits are a handful of things. How did she get, well, she got a $30 million budget for this film, and I think it wound up making about $15 million, so it's considered a flop of its day. But she does a good job. I can't compare. I haven't seen any of her other work. Um, watching it this time, in the beginning, I thought, uh, maybe the directing's not so good. No, she does some creative things. Uh, things are lensed very well, choreographed very well. Um, she did a pretty good job with an action film, and she's obviously got an eye for superhero kind of stuff because that's kind of been everything she's done since, except for one movie. Um, but I think in other hands, this movie would have been elevated a little bit. The action scenes are good, but if you put it in the hands of somebody who's really good at action, like a well, John Woo, we'd have doves flying everywhere or whatever, birds. Um there's a scene where he hangs from the chandelier and spins. This is early in the movie, not spoilers. Um, some 
interesting choreographed things where it would be hard for the actor to do it, but they did it and it looks good on film. Um, the action is actually quite well done and there's a lot of it and it very gory, very over the top. The movie is fairly well paced at a, an hour and 40 minutes or so. Um, I didn't really have any problems with it this time. Like I said, in the beginning, I was going, Ooh, I, I don't know if maybe I just remembered this better, but by the time the movie ended, I was like, okay, well, there's a lot of elements of this that were more like the comic than the first movie. There's a few things they didn't get as well. The first movie, as I mentioned in my review, I thought they got bogged down a little bit in the side characters that we really didn't care about. And they, they came to help him at the end. So I know why that was there, but that long dinner scene just felt out of place. In this movie, there is less of that. Like everything should be in here and flows as it should. But in the end, it's just okay. You know, it, it's just it, now that we have John Barenthal, you look back at this one and go, well, they tried. It was, a, it was a good attempt. So I would put this on par with the very first Punisher movie, but not as good as the Punisher series on Netflix, which is now on Disney+. Plus. As far as the 4K goes, it's a nice upgrade. The The Blu-ray is quite old now. I think it came out in 2009, and this 4K came out in 2018. I had an Amazon credit and, and could get it for like two bucks, so I went ahead and I was in the mood to watch and <laughs> ordered it. Um, and, and it was definitely worth the upgrade. The Dolby Atmos soundtrack is incredible. Not so much a lot of overhead effects or dimensionality, but it's loud and it's very busy. The music even comes in. There's a lot of uh, Blackstone Cherry, Drowning Pool type music in the movie. It comes through really clear and, and it helps. A lot of great bass response. A couple of movies I've watched lately, not so bassy. This one will thump you from gunshots to explosions, grenades, stuff like that, flashbangs. Um, it's, a, it's a very active mix all the way around. If you're just rocking 5.1 or 7.1, I think you'd enjoy it. If you have Atmos, you'll really enjoy it. It's deep. It's busy. It's... And, and the upgrade in the video, uh, it looks better than the original Punisher. This is a more stylized movie, a lot more neon colors, um, especially the scenes in the end are in an old hotel that's been fixed up. So you'll turn a corner and there's bright green neon and then there's bright blue neon and there's pink neon and red neon and yellow neon and um, that and some smoke and some other things. It just, this is a much... The first movie was kind of gritty, down-to-earth, dull tones. This one is more bright, colorful in certain scenes. There's some very naturalistic and realistic scenes. There's some great nighttime scenes. The uh, Dolby Vision HDR kicked in well. I didn't have too many uh, crushed blacks or anything I could notice in the dark. There's a lot of dark scenes uh, in the middle of the movie. All in all, uh, it's a good 4K. You can get it cheap for about 16 17 bucks these days, and you'll see it on sale for about $10. Um, if you like the first Punisher movie, you're into the fringe Marvel stuff that's not part of the MCU, this is not a bad version of Punisher. I don't think we can buy Punisher, the Netflix show on Blu-ray or 4K yet, but maybe once it's on Disney Plus, we'll be able to now that Disney has the rights to it again. Um, but I hope John Barenthal is brought into the MCU. I think he's a great Punisher. But kudos to Ray Stevenson for the, the amount of work he put in to do it. And then, I mean... You're a semi-big actor, and you take this lead in this Marvel movie, this semi-Marvel movie, and you don't talk for the first 30 minutes. You have to look at the script and go, man, I'm going to have to like just emote a lot, a lot of eye stuff, which there was. Um, but again, I thought he wasn't a bad one. He's, he's a big, hulking dude, so that, that played in his favor. But, you know, we've got John Barenthal now, and he's just perfect in the role. No, no, no slight to Ray Stevenson, who, you know, stepped out of the box and stuff he normally plays and did really good in the role. So 
Punisher Warzone. Not bad. It was a good attempt. And believe me, some of the more, you know, there's a couple X-Men movies that are much worse than this. If you want some over-the-top, very R-rated, almost horror movie level violence, a lot of exploding heads, he punches a guy through the face and it goes through his face into his skull uh, in the movie. So if you don't have a problem with that kind of violence, then check out Punisher Warzone. It's a very hard R-rated Marvel Knights movie by Lionsgate that actually kind of holds up. If it wasn't so heavily edited, which was the style back in the early 21st century, um, it would be a hair better. But choreography's good. The action's good. It's a decent version of the character, but it ain't John Barron. Have a great day. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thanks for checking out my review of this movie. I've got plenty more on the way. Matter of fact, to give you a preview that I haven't even told anybody about yet, I just got a 4K copy of The Hurt Locker, the Academy Award-winning film from, was it 2009? Um, anyway, uh, first time ever in 4K Dolby Atmos. That'll be coming up probably my next review, so be on the listen out for it. I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile. Thanks again for checking out the links below and being a part of all this. Have a spectacular day. 